This 2023-2024 NBA Southeast Division win totals episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including the Patreon-only NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, July 31st, currently 105 on the East Coast. Here to discuss another NBA uh, division win totals betting preview, like we've done it for the first two divisions in the Eastern Conference. We'll briefly recap what we saw last season from these teams in the Southeast Division. And we'll look at some of their offseason moves and then, again, look ahead to their win total very, very early for the next season in the NBA. And joining me here to help me break it all down, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, WNBA, NFL, MLB, and, of course, here on the NBA pod, it's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, how you feeling, my man? Yeah, doing pretty well. Looking forward to going through another division, so it should be fun. Yep, and also joining us, you guys know him as a summer league guru, and of course, find him on the MLB Gambling Podcast. It's Lante Smith. Lante, how's it going, my man? Yeah, not bad, man. Uh, actually, looking forward. I think this is the first division that's pretty, I guess you could say, competitive. The rest of them had runaway favorites. So, yeah, looking forward to going through with you guys. Yeah, this was definitely an interesting division last year. Uh, we'll, we'll, like I mentioned, we'll recap what we saw in this division last year, but we're doing the Southeast Division today. Uh, like I mentioned, we'll recap what we kind of uh, saw in these uh, for these teams last season. We'll talk about some of their offseason moves, um, and then uh, we'll look at the win totals for the upcoming season. And like Lante mentioned, this division, as of right now, I should say, as of July 31st, doesn't have a team that has a win total of uh, 50 or more. That may change with one of these teams if they do make, happen to make a trade. Um but um, yeah, we'll we'll get into that when we do get to that particular team. But this team, uh, this division, I should say, consists of the Atlanta Hawks, the Miami Heat, the Washington Wizards, and the Orlando Magic, and of course the Charlotte Hornets. Um, I'll just rattle off the division odds here at the top, and then we'll kind of uh, do like we usually do, going from bottom to top in this division as far as win totals go for the next season. So for this Southeast division, the Heat are the favorite right now at minus 185. The Atlanta Hawks are at plus 215. Orlando Magic, 9-1. to one. Charlotte Hornets are 35-1. to one. And the Washington Wizards are 200-1 to one to win this division. Let's start off here, guys, with the um, lowest win total in this division. That is going to be the Washington Wizards. A very, very busy offseason for this team uh, they come into this next season in the 2023-2024 uh, season with a win total of 24 and a half last season this team ended up with a record of 35 and 47 and in the last uh, episode that we did for the atlantic division we discussed um the trade of Kristaps porzingis heading from washington to the uh, boston celtics a lot of offseason moves for this team, and I'm trying to pull up their actual moves. I know, obviously, the the biggest move was the Jordan Poole acquisition after the Kristaps Porzingis trade. Um, also, Kyle Kuzma re-signing with this team uh, in the offseason. 
And guys, and I think Scott will agree with this. I'm sure Lante will as well. That we just don't know what again the direction of this team is and what they want to do because we saw. I mean, they had a I guess a pretty good draft. I know uh, Lante will cover that. Some of the names that they were able to get, but um, again, it kind of feels like we don't know what the direction of this team is going to be. They did pick up Tyus Jones. I love that pickup for them at that point guard position. We discussed Jordan Poole. Kyle Kuzma re-signed shockingly um, with the Washington Wizards. But, Lante, let me start with you with this Washington Wizards team. Anything that stuck out to you from last season? And then uh, looking forward to their next season with a win total right now of 24 and a half. Uh, Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, um, obviously the health of Bradley Beal and Porzingis was kind of critical into the direction that they went. Uh, I thought they were solid as far as just being competitive early on when both of those guys were healthy. And Kristaps had his best season, I think, since his uh, like sophomore year uh, with the Knicks. He played the most games he's played um, ever, I think, uh, in, in the NBA. So he looked good, and I think he kind of shut it down at the end when they saw that they weren't, you know, contending or going to be able to, you know, tank a little bit to get a better pick. But overall, I think you just got to throw away everything that you saw last year because obviously it's a different team. Uh, I do like some of the pieces. I'm, I'm intrigued by uh, the Jordan Poole, Kyle Kuzma, uh, who's going to take the most shots um, on this team. But later on in the season, I felt like Denny Avia and um, Corey Kispert, I thought those guys played extremely well. Uh, Gafford also played uh, played well as like a rim protector when he wasn't fouling out, you know, because he, he did foul yeah. out a lot. But um, – yeah, I'm interested to see how Bilal fits in. They drafted him with uh, pick number eight, if I'm not mistaken. And they get uh, Gallinari, Landry Shamit. You mentioned Tyus Jones. I think he's a great addition. Uh, I like Pat Baldwin Jr. too. So, like, some of the pieces I like, I'm just not sure, like you said at the top. I'm not sure the direction they're going because it's, this is not like a – I mean, they're going to be bad, but, I mean, they're not going to be, like, horrible. And, again, it's not – I mean, the draft coming up, I mean, I'm probably not the first person to say it, but it's probably one of the weaker drafts. You probably want to get – uh, and be bad like the next year when Cooper Flag and, and Cam Boozer and, and those guys are, are up for grabs. But uh, well, two years. I'm sorry when they, when they're available unless they reclass. But yeah, I'm just not sure the direction of the team. I think they'll be competitive as far as uh, on a you know night to night basis. But as far as the win total, I couldn't lean either way. Uh, I'm interested to see you guys or hear you guys' opinion on it. I just like you said, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish because right now, I mean, they're not bottoming out. They got you know. Two solid players. I feel like their young guys are, are pretty good with Kispert, Avia, uh, and it depends on what you think of Bilal and how he fits in with the system. But they got some solid pieces. I mean, 24 and a half seems a little bit low, but again, you got to kind of look at how they're constructed. I'm not sure they're constructed to win um, right now, but if I had to lean, I would lean over if I had to. Yeah, obviously I didn't mention the Bradley Beal trade, but everybody knows what transpired yeah, with yeah, that, with Bradley yeah. Beal heading over from Washington uh, to the Phoenix Suns in exchange for Chris Paul, uh, Landry Shamit, and some other uh, throw-in pieces. And again, they turn around and trade uh, Chris Paul to the Wizards, sorry, to the Warriors uh, for the likes of Jordan Poole, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., and some other picks as well. And yeah, you talked about it, um, you know, with the KP trade, they got Gallinari, who's coming off the torn ACL. Love the Titus Jones pickup. I think he's going to be uh, um, he's going to be a assist machine for this team uh, coming into this next season. And again, like you mentioned, it's going to be. I know Scott has been a proponent of this of the books trying to release uh, a prop bet on a number of shot attempts for certain players. So we'll see what the battle is going to be between Jordan Poole and uh, Kyle Kuzma for the upcoming season. So. I mean, I was leaning towards the under with this team. I mean, I, like you, Lante, you mentioned it could go either way, but. 
it was kind of difficult to handicap this team, but I don't think defensively they're going to be very good. I know they they did draft uh, Bilal Koulibaly like I uh, like we talked about, but other than that, outside I just don't see very many defenders on this team. Again, when you have the likes of Jordan Poole um, and Gallinari, um, Tyus Jones could be sneakily pretty good in the back uh, court, but other than that, there's not really a lot, a lot of talent on this roster here, Scott. Yeah, for me, I'm going to lean to the over. I think you can make an argument either way, but I do think when I'm looking at the overall roster construction, I really do think Tyus Jones is a winning point guard. I just think that he's going to be able to provide a lot of overall poise to that backcourt, and I think that he'll be able to right the ship on occasion if things go poorly. Now, Poole's the biggest wild card because we know Kuzma's good. Like, he's a good player. We know Poole can be really good and also really bad in the span of about a quarter and a half. So it's going to be tricky to determine what exactly you're getting from Poole. On the other hand, you know the talent is there, and you're hoping that in a less pressurized situation of Washington with no real desire, or I should say expectations of winning, then Poole might be able to flourish in that type of system or situation, I should say. But I'm going to lean over. I just think that when I'm looking at this team, they won 35 games last year. It might just be an indirect insult towards Beal, but I never thought of Beal being a winning basketball player. And even though he puts up decent numbers, Beal's numbers last year were fine. Mm. I didn't think they were, you know, insane, like when he lead, when he led the league in scoring, for example. But I do think when you're looking at the defense, it's not going to be great. But I do think that you can make an argument that this team does have enough offensive firepower to surprise teams on a given night. And I think when I'm looking at this overall projection for the team, they're not going to be good. Simply put, having said that, they are in what is, in my opinion, one of the worst divisions in the league. So you can make an argument there are some uh, potential chances for some extra wins because there's no dominant team in this division. I might have just spoiled my thoughts on Miami, but still. Point is, (laughs) I do think when you're looking at the core of this team, the team is still talented enough where it can't fully, fully bottom out. And Lante mentioned that Uh, the draft class isn't supposed to be that great. Now, as a result, I'm not sure how many teams are going to purposefully tank to try to get into a bottom three spot. I see Washington being close. I'll give them 26. I I think it's going to be a close spot. Yeah, they can be bad and be 26 and and with 56. So, I mean, it's still bad. There's no chance I bet this win total. But 24 and a half, I think that there's some talent there. And Washington, you mentioned how they're in the middle of kind of no man's land as an organization. I disagree because they did end up shedding a bunch of salary uh, with Beal and with Porzingis. Now, mm-hmm. they gave some of it to Kuzma, and you can argue that Jordan Poole's overpaid, but at least they got some young talent that could potentially grow into the franchise moving forward. So there yeah. is a direction there, and it seems like the new front office does at least have a vision, which I couldn't really say for the past couple of uh, front office heads in the past. But I think when I'm looking at this team, I'm going to lean over, I don't feel great about it, but I think they're going to find a way to maybe win some games late in the year when a lot of other teams have waved the flag. I don't think Washington's going to wave the flag. I think they're just going to let the young guys play because their entire roster is made up of young guys, and I think that's going to result in some wins late in the year. Yeah, I mean, like I think we're all on the kind of the fence here. We don't feel great about that. It can go either way for this Wizards team. Um, But yeah, I think you guys are correct that they do have young talents team, and again, Scott, you hit the nail on the head that they. We're able to shed salary um, and get rid of, or trade away, I should say, uh, uh, Beal and KP were the two highest paid players on this roster uh, dating back to last season. So uh, this team really doesn't excite me at 24 and a half, but I think, you know, it can go either way. But it should be an exciting team, but there's a lot of young talent, like we mentioned, for this Wizards team. 
Uh, all right, guys, before we get over to the next team in this division, let me tell everyone about the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon page. Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is perfect for the diehard DGEN. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, an ad-free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DGENs. There's even a Discord channel just for patrons. The Sports Gambling Podcast has and always will give out all their free picks. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight against corporate gambling. So do us a favor. Come join. Support the Sports Gambling Podcast. Get all the details at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Again, all the details are over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. All right, guys. The next team in this division a team that's very close to Scott's heart, the Charlotte Hornets. They have a win total of 31 and a half for the upcoming season. Uh, obviously they did have the number two pick in this last year's draft where they did draft uh, Brandon Miller. I think more people than uh, not probably disagree with that pick. Maybe should have gone in a different direction with Scoot Henderson. But last season, this team ended up with a record of 27 and 55. And it was really an injury-rattled season for this um, Charlotte Hornets team led by arguably their their best player, um, LaMelo Ball, who only ended up playing, uh, let's see here, what, 36 games last season. So he played in less than half of the season last year. Terry Rozier played 63 games. You had Kelly Oubre that played 48 games. The one player that played the most games and the only player that played 70-plus games for this team was P.J. Washington, who ended up starting – and playing in 73 games for this team last season. Kind of looking at some of their offseason moves. Like I mentioned, the uh, draft pick at the number two overall spot in Brandon Miller. Um, not a lot of guys that they lost in free agency. Um, I think Kelly Oubre Jr. is still a free agent as of uh, today. Um, Dennis Smith, they also lost uh, to Brooklyn. They did pick up uh, Nick Smith Jr. also in the draft. Like I mentioned, Brandon Miller, Miles Bridges uh, signed a qualifying offer after missing the entire last season. And one of uh, Lante's favorite undrafted free agent, Leaky Black, also is on this roster uh, for this Charlotte Hornets team. New ownership uh, also for the Charlotte Hornets team as we see the exit of Michael Jordan and a new ownership comes, uh, I believe uh, Jay Cole is part of that ownership group, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but Scott, why don't you lead us off here with the Charlotte Hornets, man? Thirty-one and a half is their uh, win total for the upcoming season. What do you think about this team and this roster? So even though I t- did not like the Miller pick at all, I think I'm actually going to lean to the over on this. This number just feels a bit low to me. Now the concern is durability, but you can make an argument that if this team stays a little bit healthier, which once again is a low bar because they were really, really injured last year. If they stay a little bit healthier, they should go over. And Charlotte did end up winning 27 games last year despite all the injuries. And you mentioned them before. A lot of players missed a bunch of games. Not to mention the fact that Miles Burgess didn't play a single game uh, last year. And he was their second best player two years ago. Mm -hmm. So I think Charlotte is a team that's not going to be a playoff team. Don't get me wrong. But I think when you're looking at the win total, it does feel a little bit short. Like I do think once again with Atlanta potentially struggling, and with Miami, we'll talk about them in a second. I think Charlotte does have pieces to be a fun, I don't want to say bad team, but a fun below average team. A team that's towards the back end of the lottery, potentially picking like 10th or 11th. I can see them going like 35 and 47. 
I'm going to go with the over. I think Bridges is going to be a solid, once again, player. I can't even call him an addition because he used to be there. But you get mm-hmm. my point. Yeah. He's a very I, – I like him as a player. I think he's very solid. And when you're looking at Lamelo, who, once again, when he's healthy, he's effective, but he's never healthy. And Gordon Hayward's the same way. That contract keeps aging worse and worse. But Charlotte's always been good whenever he's healthy. I'm going to lean over. I might be hoping for some – positive regression for the injuries for Charlotte where they can't be this injured again, but I'm going to lean over. I think this number feels a little bit low for a team that once again, I don't really like, but I do think that there is some talent that I can't deny being on this roster. I think especially at the front court, there's a lot of potential there, right? We talk about Mark Williams, or he should be the starting center now for yeah. this team after they uh, did trade away uh, Plumlee the last season to the Clippers. Um, P.J. Washington was saw last year, like I mentioned, he played 73 games for this Charlotte Hornets team. Um, you picked up Brandon Miller. I think he'll be a nice stretch uh, 3 and D guy for this team. Um I think it'll come to the trade deadline where if they have to make a decision on trading away uh, scary Terry Rozier uh, and possibly even Gordon Gordon Hayward last season, I I don't think that he he played only 50 games again. So, I mean, some of their best players from last season and when Gordon Hayward was on the floor for this team, this, the offensive efficiency obviously went up to a very, a higher level or or where they were more efficient. I should say was this uh, Charlotte Hornets team, because again, Gordon, Gordon Hayward is still, a very high IQ basketball player. They had three guys last year that did average 20 plus points for this roster between LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and uh, Kelly Oubre. Now you can't argue because some of those guys, you know, missed some time and had to pick up the scoring load, maybe because those averages were at 20 plus points per game. But this team definitely has the potential uh, and the talent. And, you know, we talk about some of the names that could take a step, a step forward. Uh, next season guys like nick richards and jt thor and kai jones i know those guys were high on the list uh over the last couple of years when they did draft them and i'm sure you know lonte will expand on those names but you know you have a good mix of guys that can you know play some defense you have guys that can score the basketball but again this team has been one of the worst teams defensively um over the last couple of seasons, I think that's what they really need to buy into uh, on that side of the basketball court if they want to win games and be competitive. Again, I agree with Scott. They're not going to be a playoff team. They're probably going to be at that, you know, ninth to 11th spot in the lottery next year picking uh, in the draft. But um, again, the talent for this team is there. You have a good mix of young talent. You have a nice mix of veterans on this team as well. And they did sign LaMelo Ball. I should have mentioned that to a uh, contract extension which will more than likely keep him at least for the next five, six, seven years in Charlotte um, in, in a Hornets uniform. You never Lonte, know anymore because yeah. you, can, you can demand a trade a year into a five-year Yeah, extension. that's true. So, yeah. he, he, lo- he, loves, he loves Charlotte, though. He loves yeah. Charlotte. I, I, I think he's going to stay. Yeah. I'm like half joking, but still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he loves it. He loves it, dude. I know, I know a couple of people that, that know him personally. They He, he loves it. Lante, uh, the Hornets. Yeah, I'm bullish on the Hornets. Um, I, th- I think they'll be fine. Uh, you mentioned um, – Melo, he only played 36 games. Uh, I mean, they're like a year away. Was it two years ago that they went to the play-in and, and got and got like throttled? They, got, got they get throttled. They get throttled every time they're in the play-in. So I, I believe yeah. that was two years ago and three years ago. I yeah, think. they gave so, them like 140 plus of the Hawks. Yeah, yeah, they it? did. They did. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'm bullish on them. I like their draft class. I think with the new ownership coming in, they're going to be better equipped to develop guys because they haven't did a good job developing guys. You mentioned some of those guys that. Um, that they drafted the previous regime regime uh drafted like 
Book Knight, he's he was horrible in summer league for a second or third year. I, I don't know how long he's been in the league, but for a second or third, you got to go out and look like a rookie. I mean, that's just pitiful. Um, I thought McGowan's was a reach whenever they took him. Uh, I didn't like that pick. Um, I think the big key here is they got to get P.J. Washington back there. He was really productive um, for them. I'm not sure if they have the funds or if they want to bring him back, being that Miles Bridges is coming back. But, again, I, I think if they get him back, I'm going to love the team even more. Um, I think Brandon Miller will be fine. Uh, he'll have, you know, LaMelo setting him up and not those other guys who couldn't really couldn't really get into a rhythm point guard-wise as far as, like, Nick and, and Amari and some of those other guys. So he'll be set up real real better than um than he was in the summer league he'll have a chance to play more off the ball he doesn't have to create a shot as much with Lamelo running the point guard and then to a certain extent i think nick smith will come in and play the backup point guard or combo guard but overall man i think that miles bridges coming back is is the biggest addition that they had in, in this offseason i mean whenever his his last full season playing he was 27 and 4 um yeah. and, and 21 so I think he was in the running for most improved player too at, at that time, but he, I could make an argument that he was the best player, even better than LaMelo at, for latter parts of that season. But um, I'm really bullish on him, and I think they can be fine. Uh, as long as LaMelo can stay healthy. I mean, that's been a big knock on him just staying healthy. Yeah. And I mean, they're going to have to pick up the shooting. You mentioned Gordon Hayward, like when he's in there, he, he's very effective. He shoot the ball pretty well. I mean, they were 30th in an offensive rating, uh, 29th in effective field goal percentage. Uh, 20, 29th in three-point percentage. They got to get that up. But what they did do well was later on in the season, they played defense, and that was you know anchored by Mark Williams that you brought up. I yeah. think he should be the day one starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's athletic, mobile. He can guard multiple positions. Um, he's really like the better version of what people thought like Mo Bamba was going to be, in, in my opinion, I think. So, well, it's also bigger he, than Bamba. Bamba's yeah. a twig. Yeah, so I think he'll have um, – not the same impact, but somewhat a similar impact as far as like Walker Kessler. Because if you notice him in games, like he's gonna block and alter like several shots. So, yeah, man, I'm bullish on um, on the Hornets. Uh, whenever those play in options come out, I'll probably be betting on them to to get in that play in. I think it's yeah, a trade off with Williams quickly. I don't think he's as yeah, good defensively as Kessler. I think Kessler is a top no, no, five. Not. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he's not. He's not. But I do think Williams has a lot more offensive talent in terms of being a rim runner and potentially hitting a mid-range jumper. I know at Duke, he experimented with threes, didn't work out, so he's probably not going to take many of those. But at least he has some range of some kind, mm-hmm. which Kessler doesn't. So that's kind of the difference there. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I am going to ask you, though, Gordon Hayward playing 50 games. Is that a good year for Hayward? <laughs> I was just going to say that's 50? a win. <laughs> like, I don't it's know. Be, I, well, like, what's be. the usual number? Half the season, you go over uh, under 41? Probably what LaMelo played. Play. Probably around 36, 35, 36 games is usually. Yeah. Well, LaMelo's injuries were a bit fluky because he rolled his ankle on a fan sitting courtside. It was really mostly ankle injuries that yeah. LaMelo was dealing with. Yeah, and I'm not sure if that's going to fix itself. But, yeah. I mean, once again, he did miss a lot of time, and they still managed to win 27 games. So right. that, that was my, and, and they get Miles Bridges back. So Yeah. Yeah, last couple of seasons for, or at least the three seasons that Gordon Hayward has been in Charlotte, uh, 44 games, 49 games, oh, and shit. 50 games. That there we go, 50. In. That's yeah. pretty good. The number's 49 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, that's pretty um, good for Gordon Hayward, though. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention, yeah, Mark Williams, I know we talked about it during the regular season last year when we were talking about player props. I mean, the market was severely, um, I guess, overpricing is the right word. Uh, for his double double market, I think we were cashing it like at two to one odds uh, when he was uh, in the starting lineup for the uh, Charlotte Hornets. So if he is going to be the day one starter. I think again, you know, him 
protecting the glass, maybe it's blocks, props, or rebounding props and double-double props uh, are definitely going to be worth a look as early in the season before the market does correct itself on Mark you think, Williams. Do you think so. Kai Jones has a role? Because I know that they were rotating all three of them. Do you think that Kai is just the last guy in and they're not going to even bother? Yeah, I would I would play James Najee over him. Uh, yeah, because I think JT4 was getting more uh, playing time than Kai Jones was. Well, yeah. I think Thor's also a shooter, so that, that's a little yeah. bit different. Or, yeah, they should get rid of everybody. That so. Everybody except for the young guys, they should get rid of. I mean, they're just not, they're just not as good. I mean, you saw... I don't know if you guys watched, you know, any of, of Book Knight in the summer league, but he didn't look good at all. Like he looked horrible. I don't no, like I think I think he's gonna be out of the league in a year. Yeah, he looked horrible, bro. He looked not to so mention horrible. all the off the court stuff he's had to deal with. So yeah, yeah, he got caught in a car in a in a parking lot. Wasn't it multiple times or it was only once? <laughs> uh, I only know about once. Okay. So Kai Jones, uh, first two years in the league, has played in 21 games in the last season. Again, I think because of all the injuries, he ended up playing uh, 46 games uh, for this team. Um, all right, guys, before we get over to the next team in this division, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. The NFL season is right around the corner, and Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and is available in a ton of markets, plus plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contest. And, of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4, where first place gets $3 million. That's right, $3 million. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com and using promo code SGPN. All right, guys, next team in this division, that's going to be the Orlando Magic. They come in uh, to this next season. The win total set at 36 and a half. Uh, their division odds to win uh, the Southeast division is at nine to one. And I should have mentioned the uh, prior two teams make to miss the playoffs. But uh, right now, the Magic are plus 165 to make the playoffs and minus 205 to miss the playoffs. Uh, last season, <clears throat> excuse me, this team uh, finished up with a record of. Give me one second. Let me get back to the page here. Orlando Magic last year finished up with a record of 34 and 48. We saw their rookie sensation, uh, Paolo Pancaro, have a, an absolutely fantastic year for this team. And again, guys, this team has a lot of young, great talent. Uh, you know, we talk about some of the or the three teams that we or the two teams that we just talked about, I should say, that uh, have young talent. But I think this is another team that has a lot of young, great talent. Like I mentioned, Paolo Pancaro. Um, they drafted Anthony Black with the number six overall pick. Also picked up Jet Howard. I think this that pick was probably the most uh, shocker pick or the pick that came out of left field uh, at that number eleven spot. <clears throat> they ended up signing uh, Mo Wagner uh, in the off season, and just looking at their depth chart uh, going into next season for this team, the starting lineup is projected right now to be. Let's see here. Uh, obviously, Paulo Pancaro. Markel Fultz is projected to be the starting point guard. Uh, you have Gary Harris, uh, Wendell Carter Jr., and again, Franz Wagner. They did sign veteran Joe Ingles in the offseason. You still have uh, Jalen Suggs on this team, as, like I mentioned, with also uh, Anthony Black. And you also have Chum, uh, Chumo KK on this roster as well. Um Lante, I want you to lose off with the Orlando Magic, man. They have a win total of 36 and a half for this upcoming season. What are you thinking about this Orlando Magic team? Yeah, so I was at the end of the season, I was kind of on them. They were they weren't out of the playoffs uh like 
mathematically, but so they were still playing hard. I think they had a decent chance, but a lot had to go their way. But they were still playing hard. Uh, if I had to buy stock in any team, it would be the Magic, especially with Paolo being who he is and how well he's played. I think he started off, um, I think he had 20-plus in maybe like the the entire month, but maybe like one or two games. And I think Franz is, is really good. I think they match up well together. My problem with the team is – at that guard position, they're just too stacked. I mean, you read off like four or five guards, and they drafted two more. Yeah. And I mean, Jet is is different than the others because Jet can play off the ball as well. He doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. He's just a, a shooter. But I mean, let's just think about it. Like Paulo Franz, uh, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, uh, Markel Fultz. That's five. And then uh, it was another one that you named out. I can't remember who it was. Uh, uh, so Cole Anthony, Mark Fultz, Anthony Black, Jalen Suggs, and I mean, if you want to throw Jet Howard's name in there, yeah, or I forgot. They, they don't have they don't have Gary Harris anymore, right? No, 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 he signed he signed two years, I think forty million, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, I'm just making sure. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. you have multiple guys that you have to rotate in, and I think your biggest need is, is at the is at the big position. I think they were bottom five in rim percentage defense allowed, so you got to kind of figure out how to you know integrate those guys because Anthony Black, I mean, he's like a great defender, um, good with the ball in his hands. But again, how much of the ball do you want in his hands versus one of the top, you know, young players in the game in Paolo? And also not to mention Franz, who also can initiate offense as well. So they got to kind of figure that out. I'm interested to see how they do with that. So I kind of put like, Gary Harris is still there. Yeah, 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 he is. Too he's still there. there. He signed, okay. he signed I, 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 thought he said, I thought he said he left. Okay. No, no, no. He was, yeah, he okay, yeah, he's yeah. still there. That's yeah, another so, guard you have to worry about, right? And I mean, Gary Harris is more so spot up shooter. He can shoot. He can shoot it. So um, they, they don't have many of those. Yeah, they don't. That's why they drafted Jit because uh, he he can shoot it too. But um, yeah, I, I kind of put my brakes on uh, going all in on Orlando because I kind of want to see what they do with the roster because at the big position it's just when it's just Wendell. That's it, and he's not technically a a traditional big. Uh, and then they have Mo, but I mean, again, I, if you got Mo and, and um. And Carter as your two bigs, I'm not sure how successful you can be. Uh, but if I had to make a bid, I'd go over. Um, I, I like the. It seemed like these guys love playing for each other. I saw them in the summer league together. I mean, most like you know most young guys they want to go and support the team, but they seemed a, a little bit closer than others. Um, I mean, if you if you're gonna buy in, I would probably go with Jamal Mosley, coach of the year, twenty five to one. Um, also, maybe look at Paulo, most improved. I mean, he fits that system for the most improved. If I could make a bet for him to be an all-star next year, I would definitely do it because I think he can make that stride to get there. Uh, and Scott mentioned it with the weak division. I mean, they could rattle off a decent amount of games here. And I think they're better than last year. But again, I'm kind of interested how they like kind of tool this roster if somebody gets moved or whatever, because it's not enough minutes for all these guys. Um, it's not. So I'll lean to the over uh, if I had to make a bit. Uh, but I'm buying stock in them long-term. I'll buy stock in Orlando Magic. And this was a team... Um last season that I don't want to say it was rattled by injuries, but you had your two, I think, best players, Paulo Pancaro and Franz Wagner, that played 70-plus games, right? Uh, Pancaro had 72 games that he started in and played in, and then uh, Franz, Franz Wagner. 80. Yeah, he played 80, and he started 80 as well. Uh, but after that, it was Markel Fultz, 60. That's pretty good for a guy that has been dealing with a lot of injuries in his career. Wendell Carter Jr. only uh, played in 54 or started in 54 games last year, but played 57. Um, and then you had Mo Wagner that played in 57 as well and started 18 games. Bull Bull played in 70 games, started 33. So I think that, again, the thing that their head coach is going to have to figure out is 
the depth chart at that guard position of what we just talked about, right? Because again, there is a significant log jam there on who is going to be that starting point guard for this team. It seems like if, I mean, Fultz recreated his shot and he looked pretty good last season. I know this was another player that we talked about it later in the season, but we were cashing on his overall on his points prop uh, as well. I'm not a fan of Jalen Suggs. I mean, he was great at Gonzaga, but I don't know if I know he's dealt with injury as well, especially in his rookie year. I think he had that wrist injury, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I feel like his game has, yet hasn't translated completely to the uh, NBA level. Um, I lean towards the over with this team just because, again, I think the talent is definitely there with this team, especially being in one of the weaker divisions. Um, I don't love it. Um, I thought this was one of the more difficult dis, uh, divisions to handicap, but I'll lean towards the over with this team. Again, like what uh, what Lante mentions, that it, this, it seems like these young grouper guys like playing for each other. They're going to play hard not only for their teammates, but also their head coach. So I can see this team ending up around 500 or barely getting over this total around like, what, 38 and 44, uh, getting over this number of 36 and a half years. Scott, what are your thoughts on the magic here? So initially going in, I thought I was going to be on the over because all the reasons you mentioned, they have talent on the roster, and I don't think it's a great division. However, the more that I thought about it and the more that I actually dug deeper into this roster, I hated their offseason. It might be one of my least favorite offseasons. What did they do? They, they, they got draft, Joe Ingles. They got Joe, they got Joe Ingles, I guess, who had some moments with Milwaukee, but he wasn't that big of a factor. Besides that, they drafted Anthony Black, who can't shoot when they need he's shooting. He's going to be good, though. He's gonna be, he might be gonna, good, but I'm saying for this year, I think he's yeah. a project. So I don't think he's going to immediately contribute at all this year. Jed Howard might have been premature. He's going to have to play because they don't have enough shooting. But you mentioned how many guys on this roster are pretty good or decent role players, and they're all competing with each other. So I don't know what exactly they're going to do from an action, from a rotation perspective, and that can create problems. And if you want to actually look at the injuries injuries for the past uh, season, they were relatively healthy, at least compared to what their expectations were. Yeah. Wendell Carter played 57 games, which is actually the second most ever played in the season. To go through Wendell Carter's numbers here, games played. 44, 43, 32, 22, 62, 57. He's always injured. So him playing 57 is actually not that bad. Wagner played uh, fifth, played 80, which is very solid. Uh, Boncaro played 72. That's solid as well. And you mentioned Fultz, who's been injured his entire career. He played 60. So this team was relatively healthy. And I think, once again, you might be looking at teams, for example, Charlotte's the opposite, where they had so many injuries, you expect some regression to the mean. I'm expecting regression to the mean, but I think Orlando's going to get more injuries to the main guys, and I think that's a concern that I'm looking into. But I think for the sake of this roster, I was going to lean to the over because they got off to a really bad start last year, and we're actually really good in the second half. But I think when I'm looking at this overall roster construction, I really just don't like it because they have, they have a log jam at so many positions, and I really hated their offseason because I do recognize the potential I recognize the talent they have, and I think if you're looking at what this team could have done to build on last year's, I'd say, success in the second half or upside, whatever you want to call it, it really just felt like they did nothing. Are, were, did you like their offseason? I, I know they needed three-point shooting, but Joe Ingles and a couple of, like, really? You couldn't do anything else? 
I Joe Ingles, like come on, Scott, get on the Joe Ingles. I just didn't like their off season at all. Yeah, they're locked down at every position except for the position that they really need. Like they, they don't have any bigs. A couple, you know, get some, you know, try to get somebody who might be able to start or give you some consistent scoring, or maybe even just trying to have some type of identity moving forward. The issue with this team was they couldn't shoot. And yeah. they potentially reached on a guard who's going to have to play in Jet Howard. They got Ingles, who's up there in years, but he's still, once again, a pretty solid shooter in general. I just feel like they didn't do enough to address the holes on this team. And this team was healthy once again last year for the most part. And Suggs missed a decent amount of time. I'm not a big Suggs guy either. I love him at Gonzaga, but I'm not sure yeah. if he's going to be able to fit with this team. He might be a change of scenery guy in a year or two. Cole Anthony's the same way. I'm surprised he's still there, to be honest. I don't think he fits the current, I'd say, trajectory of this team. But I think Orlando's kind of a team based on their current roster that might have just plateaued last year because I don't think they made enough moves to promote consistent growth besides relying on the younger guys to take leaps. Yeah. And I thought the younger guys were pretty good to begin with. I'm not sure if they can fully leap. Boncaro might be able to. Wagner, I'm going to wait and see. Because I think that last year was a pretty much a perfect season for him. Played a bunch of games, nice complimentary player, and I do wonder what his ceiling is. Is this his ceiling? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. But I'm going to lean under. I might go contrarian under here, but it feels like Orlando is getting a lot of hype when I really don't think they did enough in the offseason to encourage them to become a 40-plus win team. And injuries, once again, can regress back to the mean where they get some injuries to Boncaro and to Wagner, and they might be screwed at that point. So I'm going to lean under. I think it's going to be close, but I'll give them like 35. Yeah, I think for the Magic, it's going to come down to them making a decision on if they want to uh, go long-term with Jalen Suggs and Oracle Anthony, or if Anthony Black you know, pans out for this roster, maybe both those guys do get moved. Um when it's all said and done, uh, the maybe, point is there's there's a lack of overall knowledge on what the game plan is with the yeah. complementary pieces. Right, and when that's the case with a team, and you're going to constantly shuffle lineups with a coach trying to figure out something that works, and usually that doesn't go well. So I think a lot of this might just be trying to find a lineup that works. And by the time they do that, then you might get egos attached to other guys who want more playing time, yeah. and you have a potential circus on your hands behind the scenes. I'm going to lean under because I just think there's too many mouths to feed and Orlando's going to have to spend a decent amount of time early in the year finding what works while also trying to make people happy. And that usually doesn't go well. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts for this team here? Well, well, what were your thoughts? You were on the over or you're on the under. I was slightly on the over again. I, this is another winter. I didn't love, um, but a lot of what it was higher than I thought it was going to be, which scared me off. Yeah, which and again, I think it kind of makes sense when you have the the Hornets at thirty one and a half and the Wizards at twenty four and a half. Um, but somebody got to win some games. Yeah, somebody I can has see to them battling the games, Hornets right? though for like third place. It wouldn't shock me if both teams were around thirty four. Yeah, give or take. Orlando could be a team that hypothetically wins a division. Like I know at nine to one, if you want to talk about the upside of this team, mm -hmm. I think they're definitely worth the biggest long shot in this division to win it at like nine to one. I think that the upside is definitely there. I'm skeptical on if they'll achieve the upside. But once again, I just think with the amount of uncertainty with roles on this team, that usually goes poorly. It's a lot of young talent that we want to see develop and, and kind of what the future is going to be for this Orlando Magic team. right? Because, and they all want to play. Yeah, 
right? And then like their 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 veteran guys are guys that could be traded at the trade deadline for a team that needs another piece, right? We we talked about Gary Harris resigning two years, what forty million. Lante mentioned Joe Ingles could be a guy that could be traded at the trade deadline as well. I mean, we saw it last season that he went over to Milwaukee. Or sorry, I think he re- he signed with Milwaukee and he was dealing with an injury, um, the torn ACL when he suffered with the Utah the previous season, but. Again, if a team could come around that needs a seventh, eighth guy coming off the bench, Joe Ingles could be on the move. Um, but again, that we do like the young talent on this roster. Again, but for me, it's a lot of what Scott mentioned is that they need to figure out who's going to be that that starting point guard. And Lante mentioned it as well, like who's going to be that starting point guard for this team because Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, like that doesn't excite me at all, right? I know we saw improvement from Mark- Markel Fultz, like I mentioned, especially with his shooting form uh, where he was able to score points and, and that nature. But, you know, I'm a fan of Franz Wagner. I'm a fan of, of Pankera. I mean, again, those both of those guys had a great season. But, you know, Scott, like you mentioned, that, that the injury luck could – have a negative regression if that means right well maybe we see these guys be more injured next season because relatively they were healthy last year um for their team so i'm on the over again it can again this could go either way if you had a gun to my head i'll go over i think this is a team that can win 37 to that 37 to that 40 neighborhood is, is what i'm kind of seeing with this team here lots any closing thoughts for this orlando magic team no, nah, no, nah, I'm with you. I, I agree on the over. I just it's gonna take them a second to figure that out. And once they get it figured out, I think they'll start rolling. What's gonna be the key is they're probably gonna have to end up starting Anthony Black because he's their best guard out of all those guards. He's the best guard defender as a rookie. He's gonna come in as being the best on ball defender. Um, he he's bigger, stronger than probably a lot of those guys at that position. So I think he'll end up having to play that guard, and that's a lot to put on a rookie who steps in. Um, to a team that's supposed to be elevating to, to that next level. I think they started off 2-22. That, that backcourt, by the way, though, with Fultz and Black might be the worst shooting backcourt in the entire league. Yeah, I think I think Fultz has improved. Though. I'll take a shot on him to win. He's improved, but I'm just throwing it out there. He also doesn't attempt many. The percentage yeah. went up because he was attempting like one three-pointer a game. He stopped yeah. the volume. That yeah. is a really bad uh, backcourt in terms of spacing, though. Like, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, but I mean... They, they got to try something because, I mean, they don't have many other guys that can shoot it. So, yeah. That's why I'd rather take a live number. Last year, they got off to a slow start, kind of with two the same issues that they have now, and then they figured it out. But I am wondering if they get off to a bad start in the first month or two, if you can get an adjusted number of maybe 32 and a half, something like that, and maybe yeah. consider taking it over there. Fair. But I think both of you would probably agree with me because I know that uh, you're leaning over. I think Orlando is worth the biggest long shot in this division to actually win it. Because we know Charlotte's not going to win the division. We know Washington's not going to win the division. I think Orlando is once again a 9-1 to a decent price. But I think they're going to fall short. But we're going to talk about the other two teams that I'm not sold on. Do you agree with that? Do you think 9-1 to is yeah, maybe worth that, the I think it, yeah. out, of any, out of anybody, yeah, they're the best yeah. shot to win it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two teams left in this division. Atlanta Hawks, plus 215 to win this division next year. They come in with a win total of 41 and a half. Uh, last season, this team ended up with a record of exactly 41 and 41, got into the play in tournament and ended up as a number seven seed, played the Boston Celtics in the first round and um, lost in six games. I don't know how they won two games. And that's well, the, oh, that, that game five, um, Boston did Boston things in Boston. Yeah, DeJounte didn't play. Yeah, DeJounte didn't so. play in that game. Um, looking at their off-season moves here, they uh, finally traded away um, John Collins, who had been in trade rumors over the last uh, several seasons. Um, 
Let's see here. Nothing else of significance. Signed Wesley Matthews, uh, got Patty Mills as well, who was traded like three different times uh, by three different teams. But he lands, adding some depth to that point guard position. They uh, extended uh, DeJounte Murray in the offseason as well. Um, Scott, why don't you lead us off with this Atlanta Hawks team? Because there's been a lot of conversations uh, in the NBA world is that is Trey Young a winning basketball player? Is he a team guy? Is he a leader? Can he be the best player on a championship roster? I no. think right now the resounding answer is no. Yeah. Um, and it seems like that, again, his name also popped up in trade rumors, and we'll see, but it seems like that the combination of DeJounte Murray and Trey Young last season wasn't, you know, it it wasn't too bad, but I think there was going to be some growing pain, especially a guy that's ball dominated like both these guys are. Um, and I know like last season, Trey Young was dealing with some of the injuries, especially to the shoulder, that he didn't have the greatest shooting season uh, of his career. But lead us off with this um, Hawks team that has a win total right now of 41 and a half. Yeah, when you were asking those rhetorical questions, it gave <laughs> me like the Draymond Green like type of uh, pop up with the glasses on like nope like that's kind of what I was thinking <laughs> of for Trey because I don't think he's a winning basketball player I've been on record for this I know he made an Easter Conference Finals which is immediately going to cause people to disagree but if you watch him play he's what a bottom five defender in the league oh yeah he's probably bottom three yeah. for at least a guy that plays meaningful minutes he, he right. is a really really bad defensive player the real question remains because I got no answers from last year can Trey and DeJounte play together I don't know. No, we, we watched an entire season of it, and I have no idea. I know John Collins couldn't do anything last year for the most part, so they got rid of him. So you can argue spacing might be better. Maybe they go smaller. They use Sadiq Bay more, maybe at a small ball power forward spot, which is dangerous. Also, rumors they might trade Capella to Dallas. So I'm kind of waiting to see how that unfolds. But yeah. I do think if you're looking at where this team ended, this team was so painful to watch at times last year, and things were so ugly and they still won 41 games? Like, I feel like people have to point out they still somehow finished at 500, and now they have to finish, like, two games over. I think I'm going to lean over because they were decent in the last couple of weeks of the season, and I'm not sure if Trey Young or DeJounte can play together, so maybe if they get off to a slow start, they might blow it up, and in this case, your bet's screwed. On the other hand, if they get off to a good start, they might just not blow it up because they think this can potentially work. I'm going to hope that after a year of... A little bit of uncertainty revolving around Trey and DeJounte together. I know I liked their under last year because there were so, mm -hmm. much, so many question marks. I just wasn't into it. But I think, once again, they switched coaches midseason. I like Quinn Snyder as a regular season coach. They're not going to guard anybody, which is a problem. But I do think if you're looking at this division, this team's still finding a way to win 41 games last year, despite Trey not being able to hit a three-pointer for the entire season. I think definitely bodes well for their hopes this season. I'm going to lean over. I'm not going to say they found something in the playoffs, but they looked more competent in the playoffs under Quinn Snyder. I'm going to lean over. I think they'll probably win like 43 games. A lot of these teams with their win totals, I feel like are pretty spot on. So I'm really not going to bet many of these win totals because I really don't think any team is drastically mispriced. I'm going to lean over because things were really bad last year and they still somehow got the 41. Last season, this team was relatively healthy. I mean, it took Trey Young, with all the injuries or the things that we heard about with the he shoulder, him, but he, he could yeah. not shoot the entire yeah. season. 
73 games had he played in last season, started 73 games. Jante Murray played one more 74 games that he started for this team. DeAndre Hunter, the one player that, you know, was dealing with a lot of injuries prior to last season. He played in 67 games last year. Uh, John Collins played in 71. Capella played in 63. So this team was, you know, we can say relatively healthy. They traded for Sadiq Bay at the trade deadline. Um, they added some... Yeah, he was really good for them as well. And again, like you mentioned, that Clint Capella's name has been rumored to be uh, traded as well. And this team, and again, Bogdanovich was the one player that was uh, really injured last year for this team. He only ended up playing in 54 games. He started nine uh, uh, nine games last year for this Atlanta Hawks team. And we knew that there was some type of log jam in the front court. They finally got rid of John Collins because, you know, they have a Kongu that they drafted a couple seasons ago. Uh, Jalen Johnson was, I think, the one bright spot towards the end of the season last year for this team um that looked really good they have a great shooter in aj griffin um so again there's a lot of star power on this team there's a lot of uh great role players on this team as well i think the one key for me is what you just mentioned there scott is at that head coach position because we saw uh, or heard a lot of you know stories about the uh disconnect i guess we can say between the head coach um Nate McMillan and Trey Young, right? And they brought in Quinn Snyder, like you mentioned, who was a great regular season head coach for that Utah Jazz team. And he led them, you know, for a season to that number one spot in the Western Conference when he was with, with Utah. I think having a full off season with Quinn Snyder and him implementing his, you know, getting his coaching staff together and implementing his game plan uh, on the offensive side of the basketball, I think that's only going to be to the advantage of the Atlanta Hawks. This was the one win total that I saw in this division, especially in the Eastern Conference, that I thought was a little bit mispriced, where I thought there was some margin for error. I think at 41 and a half, this is a team that can get into the possibility of winning 45, 46 games. And I think that might just be even good enough to win this division um, for this Southeast division. They're right now priced at plus 230 to win this division. And it almost feels like this might be a make or break year uh, for the Atlanta Hawks if they do decide to break or uh, you know blow it up. I don't think they will. Obviously, we just signed, we talked about them uh, extending Dejounte Murray, Trey Young. We know is a bona fide scorer. He's going to be healthier next season, having a full off season, you know, to recover and and you know get healthy. And I like you know the surrounding pieces. DeAndre Hunter is a solid uh, defender. He can he averaged fifteen four. 15.4 points for this team last season as well. Bogdanovich, we know one of the better shooters in the league that they have around DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, Sadiq Bey as well, we talked about. So there's a lot of you know great young talent off the bench as well. So this is my favorite win total, at least in this division, for the over at 41 and a half here, Lance. What are your thoughts about this Hawks team? Yeah, I'm all in. I like the over. Uh, I like the division price. Let me ask. So um, I'm a big fan of Quinn Snyder. So would you say that, that the, his Utah Jazz teams, do you think they're more talented or less talented than this Atlanta team? More. That's a good question. I think, I think Donovan you, Mitchell is a clearly better player than... Uh, yeah, but I mean, let's just go up and down the roster. Like, if you talk about the... I think in I'm the talking, roster entirety, I think this Hawks team is Yeah, the Hawks... I, yeah, outside of... I mean, Donovan Mitchell is obviously the best... The, the well, better well, that's player. I thought you were going with this, because at least... No, no, no. You had just a overall, just like... Uh, overall, like, one through... Talking about depth, like... The yeah, depth like, one chart, through yeah. eight, well, I think... Atlanta is way more talented than than well, those teams. That was going to be my question for you. Do you actually like Atlanta's bench? Yeah, I think I think Atlanta's team, as constructed right now, one through I mean, however many guys they played, what seven, eight guys are like probably five or six points better than one through eight of that Utah team. Because I mean, outside of Mitchell, I mean, what do you have? I'm trying to think of that top three though. I think Gobert was clearly better than Capella. 
I think Boyan was definitely uh, Boyan's probably better than Bogdan, but you make an argument Utah's top three is just better than Atlanta's top three. Yeah, maybe, but I can I can make a debate that if I mean Capella and Gobert probably cancel each other out in in the end, and they have Onyeka. Back then, no, they didn't. Gobert and his Gobert and his prime before the big contract was the best defensive center in the league. I mean, like, maybe like no, like no, that I that I'll disagree with you on. I mean, I think but, Gobert was clearly better than we're, we're talking like we're talking like matchup wise. Like, it, I don't think it really would have made much of a difference. Gobert being what he was, he still would be. He still would get cooked on switches. He still would. Be, they would make him come out and guard Trey. In what, what, like two, three defensive player of the years with Utah. I'm, I'm not, not going to get into a full argument here, but no, the top yeah. three for Utah was clearly better than the top three for the. Who, who you got? Team. Who do you got top three? Uh, yeah, for Utah. You said Dejounte's well, in there, so yeah, I guess Dejounte. But but I mean, Mit- Mitchell's so much better than Trey. I think yeah. Gobert is a lot better than Capella compared to the Gobert then to Capella now. Dejounte's better than Boyan, but you get my point. Like I, I think that the disparity between the uh, centers and the main guard, I think, was really not even close between those two teams. But yeah, I mean, but so my thing is, I think that. He has. I know people hate on Gobert, but like I'm not going to fully dismiss what he did defensively in regular season with Utah. Like he was insane in his prime. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah, I'm not taking that away from him, but I mean, I just like kind of are. You just said him and Capella cancel each other out. So you, you I mean, are, I just think in, in a series that's, I don't that's think disrespectful. It, that's all I'm saying. I just don't think they would. <laughs> I don't think it's much of a difference. Like I'm just saying, like if you if you want to take Gobert in his prime and take Capella in his whatever prime, I think it's it's not really. As bad well, as the prime was with what was with Houston, yeah, that's, compl- that's unrelated. Capella, yeah, I mean, you, pretty, I mean, I mean, but you're saying, you're saying Gobert in his prime against Capella now, obviously, that's that's different. But I'm saying, if you take that's, not, that's what you just prime, said, you just said the top three was better on Atlanta, so I'm comparing Capella now to Gobert back then. Gobert back then was clearly better than Capella now, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm a big Gobert guy, but I gotta at least point out, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, if you just take everybody at their best, like, at their best. Houston, Capella, and okay, and, uh, Utah is Gobert. It's probably, I mean, it's not, uh, it's not as a Rockets fan. I, I'm taking Gobert. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not Gobert saying it's definitely not, better than Capella. I'm like, not, I don't I'm know. Not this that, I'm not saying that I wouldn't take him. All, all I'm saying is it's not as it's not as far fetched to say. I'm just that. saying if Gobert, I, I think what Monte's saying, yeah, is I, like, I there's, just, yeah. I think that like the, he's saying like the it's closer than people are arguing. Yes, that's like, not. I, I get like what you're Gobert, trying like. to say. I'm just saying if Gobert had Harden passing him the ball for about three seasons, he'd average about 17 points. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Capella maybe. had a lot of free rim runs. I'm just saying. I, I think like, Gobert Cap- would have averaged a lot of points with that. And team. Capella was the guy that wouldn't dunk the basketball. Like that was our biggest gripe when he was yeah. with Rockets. Like he offensive like, skill set. Capella and Gobert are basically the same guy. That's yeah, not, not a good. Yeah, that's not, not a compliment. So having yeah. Harden would have helped the stats. That's all I'm saying. So yeah. I'm going to quickly read off here uh, before uh, Lante, you continue on Quinn Snyder's record. Uh, with the Utah Jazz. So keep in mind that Donovan Mitchell's first season with the Utah Jazz was in the 2017-2018 season. So I'll start from there. So in 82 games, 48 and 34, following year 50 and 32, 44 and 28, 52 and 20, 49 and 33 in his last year with Utah. And then in 21 games last year as the head coach of this Atlanta Hawks team, he still managed to find a way to be at 10 and 11. Again, when you're coming in with only 21 games and left in the season, um, with what was kind of transpiring with the Atlanta Hawks team, I think is pretty good. Like Scott mentioned, it's it, it's the playoffs where Quinn Snyder gets severely outcoached because in 57 career games in the playoffs, he's only 23 and 34 compared to a regular season um, coaching career uh, 
winning percentage of uh, five eighty one. So keep that in mind for this for this Hawks team. Yeah, so I just think that he can if he took that team who is probably uh, a little bit lesser talented than the team he has now in a better division in a better conference. So Western Conference back then was loaded, and the East is not as strong as it is uh, as it was back then. So I think he'll do better here. He, he's got a full year to implement his stuff. Um, I think he came in, did okay under the circumstances. He worked well with Trey off the ball. Uh, he's, I think, the draft pick I didn't like. Uh, I'm not a big Buffkin guy. I kind of like Lundy better than than Buffkin. I know that's kind of an unpopular opinion, but I just don't know how Buffkin's going to get on the floor and, and be effective with those two guards in front of him because they're going to play a lot of minutes. So I, I like them to win it here. Uh, I think they'll be able to get more healthy as long as DeAndre Hunter can stay healthy. Um, they probably should move Capella. I think uh, Onyeka is probably should get more minutes, more athletic. Uh, yeah. More but then you only have one center, which is you don't have any front court depth if you trade Capella. That's kind of the counterpoint. Yeah, but I mean, just just go small, just go small and play. You know, like, I don't know. You just you can. Play, you can't can only play small. I, that's why I don't think they're going to trade Capella at this point because I think it's too late. Like I mean, he was he was playing like he was playing like 15 minutes in, in the game. So he was basically non-existent in those games. I, I, I get it. I'm just saying you usually need at least two centers. So if one gets into foul trouble, you have something. Like I think Atlanta might have waited too long to trade Capella. If you're gonna trade him, I would have done it earlier in the season earlier in the offseason. Yeah, but I mean So I think Capella's gonna stay. That's kind of the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, but either way, I think I think they'll be fine um with that defensively. Uh, I think they'll I mean they'll be better. They won't be, you know, a juggernaut. But overall, I think the team is is a lot better than what they were back then with the emergence of AJ Griffin. You mentioned it. Um I, I like Sadiq Bay. Uh he's gets season of Quinn Snyder, who is you read off the numbers. He's incredible in the regular season. In a lesser conference, I think he can have similar success here. So I'll go over. Uh, I'll take them to win the divisions because I'm not really high on Miami as we're going to get to. I think we're all going to be on the under for Miami as a spoiler. Yep. Miami coming into the last or last season, I should say, uh, obviously ended up in the NBA finals. It could be a different story if Chicago Bulls didn't choke, choke away the lead in that play-in tournament game. This might be a different conversation, but they yeah, had the improbable run to the NBA Finals. Lo- yeah, NBA Finals last season. They ended up with a record of 48 and 34. No, sorry, 44 and 38 last season. Getting in as the eighth seed, we saw them go through the player playoff run. They beat the Bucks. They beat Boston. Um, they got to the NBA Finals and fell short to the eventual champions, the Denver Nuggets. Um and obviously the big news or the big rumors coming into this next season has been around Damian Lillard wanting to end up in Miami with Jimmy Butler. Um, Scott, why don't you lead us off with this Miami Heat team who have a win total currently sitting at 48 and a half. If they do end up with Damian Lillard, where do you think this balloons to 40? So sorry to 51 and a half, 52 and a half, or is that too much? You're talking about preseason. If they get lowered, so so let's just right. I think yeah. Currently, right now, forty and a half. They end up do train uh, trading for Lillard before the season starts. Where do you think this number ends up? If they trade for Lillard before the season starts, fifty and a half. Okay, all right. Let it rip and run. It's, for it's the, tough to go yeah. over that number. I'll bet my life on the under if they get on fifty and a half. Just saying. Usually, usually it's a threshold to go over fifty. Miami getting lowered. I would say that's about fifty and a half. Oh, I don't okay. know what you think, but I don't think they'd boost about like five or six wins. I think it would probably be like two or three. Yeah, I was going to say three was probably like the ceiling for like around 51. Because Lord's at injury issues too. So that's yeah, I think also it's big, I think it's baked in in this number also. So they'll probably like move it like a win or two, maybe. Depending on what they give up. Depending on what they give up. 
because if they if they can get them in a third party and you know not give up as much as they would in a you know a one for one or whatever with, with Portland, then it's a lot different. Well, they're giving up Hero, right? If they end up getting Lord, do we agree on that? They would yeah, have to. Like I mean, if Portland yeah. is somewhat okay. smart, they would have to yeah. uh, give it up. But uh, last season, again, let, let me quickly go through the uh, games played here. So Jimmy Butler, I mean, we knew about the injury for his injury history, we should say. Um, not only in the course of the regular season, but also in the playoffs. He uh, ended up playing 64 games last season for the Heat team. Um, Bam was the one player that led this team uh, in games played last year at 75. And then it was Jimmy, uh, sorry, uh, Tyler Hero at 67. And you had Max Struess that played in 80 games, started 33 for this team. Kyle Lowry, I mean, he had, I don't know if it was injury concerns or off the court stuff that he was dealing with. We don't know what the exact truth is, but he ended up playing 55 games, starting 44. Uh, Caleb Martin played in 71 games, started 49. Gabe Vincent, uh, 68 and 34 last season. The two main shooters, Max Struess leaves for Cleveland and Gabe Vincent signs a contract with the L.A. Lakers. Uh, that leaves right now a often hobbled Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, um, and Caleb Martin as it stands right now. You still have Duncan Robinson on this team as well, who they gave a lot of money to, ended up only starting one game last season for this team, played in 42 games last year, only averaged 6.4 uh, points last year for this Miami Heat team. But Scott lead us off Miami Heat 48 and a half as it stands right now prior to and if it happens a little trade. Under. This is a, this is just a really stupid one. I, I don't understand this one at all. I get the argument is they made the NBA finals. On the other hand, you have an injury prone team that played a lot of playoff basketball and now suddenly you're supposed to stay healthy. I, I don't buy that. Uh, plus Miami, in addition to never caring about the regular season because they are the Clippers of the East when it comes to load management. They didn't learn a damn thing from last year because they messed around for about five months and they made the NBA Finals. So if they don't care about the regular season and they made the NBA Finals anyway, why the hell would they care about the regular season again? They're not going to. They're going to rest half their players all the time. They're going to be a really annoying team to bet on because you're not going to know what type of roster, of lineup they're going to have night in, night out. And they really didn't do anything this entire offseason. They've been linked to Lillard for a month, but you look at what they've actually done. They drafted Hawkes, who should be an immediate contributor because he played a lot at UCLA. I'm not sure what his role is going to be, because he was kind of a power forward in college, but he's listed as a guard. So I'm not sure what he's exactly going to play. He's kind of a tweener in the NBA, but I think he's going to be a solid glue guy for this team. But they got Thomas Bryant as a backup center and drew Smith. It, it, is that your entire off? They didn't do anything like in addition hey, they to resigned being, Kevin love. Come on. I'm saying new, I'm saying new faces. Like <laughs> yeah, they yeah. just, they just brought the band back together, which was pretty underwhelming. The regular season that once again, is an older core that played a bunch of extra basketball in the playoffs. I think this team's probably not going to win the division. Like, I'm not picking them to win the division. I, I think that if you're looking at it with this win total, the, if they finished 500, I would not be shocked. We always hear about sports, mostly football, because, of course, it's win or go home in the playoffs, but it's very tough to make it back up the mountain. And usually you see a team make the NBA Finals and then poof. I know Miami's a bit different because they made the Finals for the last, you know, a couple of times recently, or maybe mm -hmm. Eastern Conference Finals, but... I just don't know how they can play playoff basketball, serious playoff basketball, for two straight years 
with an injury with an injury prone core, do nothing in the offseason to get younger, lose your best two shooters without replacing them, and expect me to have faith in your team when you rest everybody all the time. I'm on the under. This team might finish at 500. I think this is an insane price. It's an insane line of an overreaction for making the finals, which you can argue is a fluke run. We can talk about that separately. I'm on the under. This line's insane. They're going to win like 42 games. Yeah, I mean, the offseason, obviously, um, their leader, Haslam, finally retires. But Victor Oladipo was traded from Miami to the Thunder. And like we mentioned, Max Schuess was in a sign-and-trade deal to the Cleveland Cavaliers and also gave Vincent left in free agency, signed with the Lakers. As it stands right now, at least the guys that they did sign, Thomas Bryant um, as a backup point guard, which uh, I don't hate. I, he's He's been well, Thomas Bryant's backup center. Drew Smith, I think, is the backup point guard. Kind yeah. Of. And then they signed Josh Richardson. Uh, uh, I mean, I, that really doesn't move the needle. I, think, I don't think for any of us. But how many seems like do they have? I mean, Tyler Hero, Duncan, I, you, it, again, it, it really depends on those two guys. And again, health has been a concern for. At least Tyler here. I mean, he played in 67 games last year, but he broke the hand during the playoffs, and we all were kind of waiting for him to come back and see if he could be the unsung hero for this team. It didn't, you know, pan out that way. But I think the pressure is on Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson to be those two guys for this team, surrounded by Jimmy Butler and the number of play games that he does play. Bam has pretty been durable for his for his career. He played 75 games last year. His name is always in the conversation for defensive player of the year, but it's all like we're all kind of waiting for what's going to transpire from the Damian Lillard trade. And then again, if we do like the under, or if you do like the under the people that, you know, for people that are listening that you might just want to wait because his number is definitely going to get bumped up when they do acquire Lillard. And again, like Lante mentioned, Lillard hasn't had the greatest injury luck over the last two seasons. Maybe some of that may have been with Portland just being terrible and him not wanting to waste his energy to be out there, especially in the second half of the year after the all-star break and the trade deadline. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. I like the under, I, I think that this is a team that knows that, Hey, we can get into the playoffs either as a fifth or sixth seed, or even in the play in tournament, get the W get into the playoffs and, and just kind of flip the switch there. And I think you made the great comparison of, you know, the Clippers, the Miami, he being the Clippers of the Eastern conference here, Lante. Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much hit on everything. I don't, I don't even know if I can add uh, much more. But I will say that um, I think it's kind of baked in as far as the number because without Dame, it's no way you can make this this high. Uh, I think the, I think their win total and Atlanta's win total should be probably about the same um, yeah. without without Dame. Um, so I think that's a little. Miami bit would be a bit higher. Atlanta, but do you 41. think that they're Miami? NBA... I figure like four, 44 and a half would be my price for Miami if I had to guess. Yeah, I mean, so Lord, a game Lord or, is yeah, probably baked in. Yeah, a game or two, give or take. But again. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think it should be this high. Uh, so I think it's kind of baked in. Now, whether they get him before, like, preseason or um, during the season, either way, uh, I think it's a good underlook. I mean, you guys mentioned it. They don't have really incentive to go out and perform nightly. Like, Jimmy's not a regular season player. I mean, he's a playoff player. Now, Spolcher's going to go out and and do what he does. He's, he's a tactician, so they're always going to be in the game just because they have probably the best coach in the NBA, I'm pretty sure, Um I mean, if you want to debate a few guys, I guess you could. But for my money, I, I put Spolstra up against anybody, especially with doing more with less. I think he's the master at, at that and has been for quite some time. I do like Orlando Robinson, um, the, the center that they that they uh, had on the roster. He's going to play a lot this year, I'm thinking. Uh, he had a good summer league. 
Hawkins probably be in that trade, but I think he'll be fine if, if he actually does end up staying there. Yeah. But I mean, I think you guys pretty much hit it on the head, man. I mean, they just don't have incentive to to win on a nightly basis. They just they can stay healthy. We know Jimmy's history. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's gonna quietly have knee surgery. I'm pretty sure that's gonna come out sooner or later. Um, we all knew that he was hurt. I think Scott was the leader of that pack, saying he was hurt. Never after lost the, ever, ever the, the NBA first Finals. Ring. Never lost the PRA under. All right. So, uh, so yeah, man, I couldn't agree with you guys more. I, I don't have much to add. You guys pretty much hit it on the head. Uh, so 48 and a half. I'll take under that. I probably if. I'll take an alt under, honestly. Um, uh, if they, if you can find an alt under where they can be at right at five hundred, like Scott was saying, I, I play under that also. What was just Munaf, you were going to ask a question? By the way, Munaf, I interrupted you. No, I was just going to mention. I, do we think their NBA Finals run from last year that this win total is bumped up maybe a game or two because of that run? Or I just think it's because of Dane. I don't think. It's, I think. It's I think it's more than a game or two because Miami once again was a bad regular season team. But you see the potential in theory. Yeah. The argument that you can make to counter that is Miami had one of the most insane shooting luck stretches in the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. Mostly that Boston series because they shot an insane percentage from three, like something yeah. that has arguably never happened before. So yeah. you're looking at Miami shooting once again. You lose Struz, you lose Vincent. Whether you're not a fan of both guys or you're a fan of them, the point is they're. They're floor stretchers. Yeah. You mentioned Duncan Robinson having a big role in this team. The guy that's been played off the floor for about three straight years because he can't guard anybody. He's supposed to be a massive, uh, I'd say, guy for three and D. Caleb Martin, I don't know what that was in the playoffs, but I don't know what you can expect moving forward from him. I think he's a solid role player. I don't think he's going to shoot that well from three again. So we'll see how that goes. But if I'm going to roast some teams for not developing or at least not addressing concerns during the offseason, Miami hasn't done a damn thing. They can't shoot. Like, look at their lineups. Who's going to shoot on this team? The spacing is going to be horrible. Just for reference, uh, for Jimmy Butler, since the 2017-2018 season, um, when he was with Minnesota after he left Chicago, or I think that was part of a trade, but... Games played 59 and 10 in the two seasons with Minnesota, 55 with the one season he was with the Sixers. Um, so I think that, yeah, that was a combined year where he got traded from Minnesota yeah, to yeah, Philly, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he played in 65 games in that season. But since he joined the Miami Heat, 58, 52, 57, and last season, 64 games. That's the most games he's played since the um, the year of 2018. That's a lot of games, 64. 47, 48 this year. There's no way he plays 50. Yeah, I don't think that is. No I, I mean, I thought it was like, it might be like 55 games for this upcoming yeah, I don't, season. I don't, think of, I don't think he'll play 50. And he might get knee surgery. So I don't know how he's going to look. So we'll see. Yeah. All right, so that is going to be the Southeast Division early, early win totals. Uh, before we get out of here, one order of uh, business left. Let's get in some best bets. For this division, uh, whether it's make miss playoffs, division odds, win total, I think we might just have a consensus um, best bet here. But uh, Lante, why don't you lead us off, man? Yeah, so I'll go. Um, I guess we're, we're all on the the under on, on Miami, so I won't I won't do that. What I'll do is I'll go back to Charlotte and I'll take Charlotte over. Um, Went told thirty one and a half. Yeah, I'll take them over thirty one and a half. I'll take a I'll take a little some piece of money on um, on them to make the playoffs. I just think they're improved as a team. I wish they had Borrego still there. I'm not really a fan of Clifford. If they had Borrego <laughs> there, I'd probably be um, 
like two fists over the counter with it. Just, but, um, just to make sure, by the way, they brought in Clifford, a defensive-minded coach, to play to teach them how to play defense, and they still don't guard anybody. Is is that the purpose of Clifford being there? Man, who knows? I just don't I'm saying, he, am I missing something? Because he was a defensive coach, and they had like the worst defense in the league last year. It's so. an ex-girlfriend <laughs> right. you can't let it get away. And, and my thing is. Barrico's was doing well. Like he was, they, I they like were competitive. Them. They were competitive, winning games. Like they went to the playoff. They went to the play-in. Those back-to-back years, he was the coach, yeah. and he was dealing with like a young Lamelo who wasn't what he is now. Um. So yeah, he got the he got the bad end of, of that. But I like them over. I think they upgraded the talent. They got to get some of those other guys that the Jordan regime drafted. Get rid of those guys. Bring some some new guys in. Uh. I think if they are. Right at the brink of you know buy or sell, I think they'll just stay stay in uh, intact. I think they'll go over that win total. So I like them over um, their, their win total and a shot to make the playoffs. Scott, best bet. I thought about it at Atlanta, but with the uncertainty revolving around Capella, once again, I think they're going to keep him. But the point is that Atlanta might be tinkering with the roster a little bit, so I'm going to stay away from them. I do like the over on them in general, but I'm going with Miami under. Uh, once again, we all like it, but it's this really, really stupid number. If you want to get wild, Miami to miss the playoffs is plus 550, which I think is very, very fun. No, once again, they were no, they were three minutes away from missing the playoffs last year. I'm just going to throw it out there. They were like three minutes away from missing the playoffs. Yeah, they were. They but were. I, once again, I don't think they're going to get there. But 800 to make the playoffs, that's a bit rich. I, I think that should be lower. That's kind yeah, of I think it's point. just... I think it's just banking on they just like I guess it's Dame is going there. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think so. so. But I, I, I once again, I just think that 800 to make the playoffs is a little bit high for a team that we think might be a little bit over 500. That was a play-in team last year. But for the sake of the win total, I laid out my case. Miami, if you want to actually talk about what they've done so far since Lillard did not join the team, did they have arguably the worst offseason of any team in the league? They didn't do anything. Yeah, they haven't really done much. Yeah, I agree they with that. They just sat around, rumored to get Lillard the entire time. They re-signed a couple of veterans. You have Love and Lowry, who did nothing in the regular season. They contributed in the playoffs, kind of. Love got hurt, but still, the point is, Lowry was good in the playoffs, did nothing in the regular season, but they haven't addressed any of their concerns. They didn't have many great three-point shooters to begin with, and they lost their two best or two of their best three-point shooters in the offseason and didn't get anybody. They got worse They're an older team. They had back-to-back deep playoff runs with a very old core that's going to sit out a bunch of games. I'm on Miami under. They're not going to try to win 50 games because they know in the back of their minds if they end up with 42 wins, get a seven seed, they can make it to the NBA Finals again. So I'm on the under. It's an insane one. Uh, All right, yeah. So I think we all agreed on the Miami under. Uh, I'll go with the Atlanta over. Uh, Again, it's really having stability now at that head coaching position, right? Um, Quinn Snyder is a proven head coach, a winning head coach, at least in the regular season, right? We talked about the roster comparison between the Utah Jazz and the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Trey Young, we know we talked about how he dealt with a shoulder injury last season, um, had a full offseason to recover now. You signed DeJounte Murray to the contract extension, and just the dead pieces that we talked about, right, with Sadiq Bey and Ndeki Okongwu, A.J. Griffin came on last year. Jalen Johnson had flashes last uh, year towards the end of the season for this team. And they were able to, you know, I think that game five victory in Boston was really impressive for this Atlanta Hawks roster without their second best player in DeJounte Murray. Um, DeAndre Hunter, if he's able to stay healthy, that's always a plus. One of your best defenders, if not the best defender, he can contribute to scoring end as well. 
Average 15.4 points last year. So I think this team is primed to get into the neighborhood of 44, 45, possibly I think even 48 wins. I would sprinkle on them to win this division as well as well at plus 215. I think that's some pretty good value there. I know we talked about Magic at 8-1. to It's more of a long shot, but uh, I think this is going to be a big year for the Atlanta Hawks. I think the pieces have come together, and I really like the head coach in Quinn Center like we talked about. So best bet for me. Atlanta Hawks over 41 and a half for this Southeast division. All right. That is going to be the last division of the Eastern conference, three divisions down three more to go in the Western conference. We'll be back later this week, uh, probably to the Southwest division, uh, knock out the two South uh, divisions uh, this week. Uh, Lante, anything else we want to mention before we get out of here, my man? No, nah, man. Good show. Appreciate you. Uh, Scott, anything else? No, we're running late. I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, make sure to subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube channel. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at NBA at SGP, sorry, SGPN at SGPN NBA on Twitter. Follow Scott on Twitter at Rice Radio. Follow Lante on Twitter at XXLanteXX. And you can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Till then, good luck with your bets. We'll be back later this week. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, get it, get it, get it. 